0: Now, here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio.
1: And welcome back to Coast to Coast. Two special guests with us tonight, Gary Grossman and Ed Fuller. We're talking about their latest work called Red Hotel. And, Ed, why do we call it Red Hotel?
0: Basically, uh, the story touches on the creation of the various levels of security that we implemented in the hotel's. We had to do that because the United States has a very clear-cut series of levels for the entire United States. But we were operating in 73 different countries and expanding to 100 as a total. And these countries did not necessarily have these various levels, let alone did they have all the intelligence pulled together to be able to keep us abreast of what was going on. So we had to develop our own security system, and in the book, Dan Riley not only demands but drives the effort to put this system in place, and you might imagine the highest level of security was a hotel designated red.
1: Okay, now, Gary, let's bring you in on this, too. There are various aspects of the things that can go wrong in hotels, and are they primarily international hotels?
2: Well, I think they're international and they're domestic. In fact, uh, Ed took me through one of the hotels in downtown Los Angeles to just get a sense of what the security was like, uh, everything from where the security cameras are placed, um, what kind of teams are watching the security cameras, are there bollards out in front to prevent um, trucks with bombs from uh, driving right up and into the lobby. And I think, based on what my experience is going, with, going around with Ed, that um, we're an accident waiting to happen, that not only do we have soft targets around the world, but America's hotels are soft domestically as well. And although it is not really happening so much in the U.S., what we designed in, in the thriller in Red Hotel is really a wake-up call for – the whole industry and ed was the leader of that internationally and you know i can run through some of the yeah, please. different designations for example uh it goes from blue to yellow to orange and then ultimately to red As and in blue it's basically there's no intelligence uh about any threats the property is out of a critical area Uh, There's going to be a modicum of upgrades and training for the staff just in case, and staff members should be posted in all areas and on two-way radios, and we tend to see that in most hotels. Um, also, the sense that people should be vigilant. If you see something, say something. And this goes right to the the staff, the housekeeping staff, as well as um, anyone going into a hotel mm-hmm. and seeing an inordinate amount of uh, photo taking in a lobby. Um, that could be a little unusual. It could be somebody checking on uh, security measures. Once you move into the yellow uh, category, as we do in in the novel Red Hotel, and as Ed did in the uh, Marriott Hotels, this triggers an alert status where intelligence kind of returns unspecified threats regarding U.S. citizens and U.S. businesses. Uh, It's a warning. And in in that case, a crisis management team has the authority to advance the threat condition up to yellow, and they'll consult with the regional people at the hotel or the field president and the general manager. But it also moves all the decision-making into local politics as well in a coordination. One of the things, and Ed taught me this, was in a yellow status, take the American flag down.
1: Mm -hmm. Okay?
2: Stop being a visible target. Um, There's a good chance that the hotel could be targeted because it's an American company. And the flag, of course, becomes a very powerful propaganda tool for terrorists. Um, So that has to come down.
1: Is that what they're primarily after, American-based companies? Because some of these hotels that have been truly bombed in the past, Kenya, Egypt, Mumbai, uh, Jakarta... Was it all American-owned or run?
0: When you talk about some of these instances, let's speak to Mumbai, the hotels that were ultimately hit were owned by Indian companies and owned by Indian owners. But the point that Gary's making is if you're operating in a dangerous environment, and I'm talking more about a red hotel, you must assume that they could be a target because it's American or British or any of these nationalities. You want to eliminate that issue. The reason a bomb occurs, if you go to Pakistan, uh, the uh, enemy in this case, the bombers, actually thought the president was going to reside in the Islamabad hotel that night.
1: Aha. Uh-huh.
0: He was the target, okay. not the hotel. In other cases, the hotel is the target, and Gary's relayed to you soft target. The reason it's soft is the door is always open 24 hours a day. As you go up to security, that door is open, but there's someone standing there, uh, and there are a lot of steps you have to go through, because in a red hotel, you are dealing with everything from dogs checking you as you enter, going through all the metal detectors, making sure all everything that comes into the hotel, even through the back door, is checked.
1: What's their motivation? What are they really trying to accomplish here? I mean why go after innocent people?
0: You know, that I would love to have a specific answer. It's usually around publicity. And it's usually a group of people And you have done plenty of interviews trying to ask that same question about individual terrorists, be they domestic or be they international. Everybody that seems to take on a hotel, take on a religious uh, destination or religious facility, take on a mall, they seem to have a motivation all to their own. But when they go in and research it, the cause is usually motivated by any number of things today.
1: Ed, when you traveled, uh, you have some tips for people on what floors to stay on or not stay on. Why is that important?
0: Well, the easy answer is most cities' fire trucks do not reach above 8. Aha. Uh-huh. Some are a little higher, but fundamentally, if you're in a high-rise hotel, You've got to understand that you're not always going to get door, uh, window-to-door service by the fire department. And, and, you, can't take,
1: and you can't take the elevator, because that's one of the first things they tell you not to do. To
0: do. Correct.
1: It's a long, long stairway coming down, I guess.
0: Yes, and the stairway itself can become dangerous with crowds.
1: Well, so, that, that's true, too.
0: But that's the answer to your question.
1: And you you also talk about you don't want to be on a floor that is underneath a swimming pool. Is that because it could uh, leak and flood you or something?
0: Well, in a bombing situation, you could be impacted by the pool above you. And uh, even in an earthquake, you never can tell. You're, I don't know that many hotel rooms that I've stayed in under a pool. I don't think I can count one. It's just not a place that would make good sense when you've got all the other options.
1: Gary, you and Ed highlight Russia as a focal point in Red Hotel. Is that because of it's a fictional thriller, or is this a real deal
2: thing? It's a real deal, and we have a fictional uh, character, uh, the president of the Russian Federation, his name is Nikolai Gorshkov, in the book, but we uh, tell uh, ultimately a very real story about a man who was um, in in Dresden at the fall of um, East Germany and uh, East Berlin who felt that he was abandoned by, um, by Russia, by Gorbachev, um, by the KGB that he worked for, uh, by the Soviet Union, and that man was Vladimir Putin. Well, we fictionalized hmm. the character of Vladimir Putin and created some other fiction around this other character, uh, Nikolai Gorshkov. But he's very much the same person because he wants to rebuild the Soviet Empire. He wants to have those border nations, the former... Oh, he'd love to put them all back together again, wouldn't he? Absolutely right. And he's already started doing it. The real Putin has started doing it. Well, in Red Hotel, Gorshkov is doing it. And there's history behind him. There's a legacy behind him. But there's also that sense that he was abandoned. He didn't believe that Russia should have ever given up those Eastern Bloc nations, let alone Germany and East Germany. And he wants them back.
1: Your lead character, Dan Riley, in the book is like Ed, isn't it?
2: Oh, yes, very much so. Although, as Ed said... Uh, he didn't carry a gun, but Dan Riley needs to for a scene for,
1: for obvious reasons. That's right.
2: Um, but he, but you know, truly, every time I've gotten together with Ed, um, and I mentioned it before, there are hair-raising stories. It's amazing what Ed has done um, for the safety and quietly, but for the safety of American guests, uh, tourists, American corporations. And um, making, you asked earlier, you know, is it safe to travel and how do I feel? Well, I feel a lot better knowing that, um, uh, that there, were, there was good corporate citizenship uh, with Ed Fuller and that people are paying attention, which we need to so much more. Absolutely.
1: I mean, Gary and Ed, you, you talk about for people to pay attention and say something if they see something strange. Uh, I, I cite back to the Stephen Paddock case went ballistic at the Mandalay Bay, killing 58 people, how did he get so many guns into his room, into his suite, and nobody said anything about
0: it? And that's absolutely... Suitcase after suitcase. ...something that shouldn't have been able to happen. It should have been detected by some of the staff.
1: He had a do not disturb on his door for days, I guess, and that should be a red flag, too. I mean, he could have been dead in there. They should have gone in there and checked.
0: And most hotel companies have a policy after two, or two days to check.
1: You should do that. I mean, with when, when you were running the Marriott, was that a concern?
0: That somebody has died in the hotel? Absolutely. Yeah. When you're concerned about what happened in Las Vegas, we were obviously trying to defend against that in every way possible, whether the hotel was blue or red. It just was degrees of effort put forth that changed with the color.
1: I mean, he had to have brought in, unless he just, you know, took the guns, emptied it, brought the same suitcase back down again, filled it up, took it back up again. But somebody somewhere would have recognized this guy uh, and said, my gosh, this guy's come up here 15 times today.
0: Well, that's where the phrase comes up. When you see something, say something. And internally, there are a number of people in the lobby of a hotel that are observing and looking around that hotel, and some of those should be hotel security, looking for just that.
1: The cameras that are in the hotels, uh, how many are there? And I would assume the security section is pretty big, isn't it? It can
0: be monumentally large, depending where you are. For the Red Hotel, it's significant usually on the floors, clearly the entrances, and the public space.
1: And Vegas, too. They've got them all over the
0: place. I would assume being a casino, and we did not have casino hotels in the United States, so I did not deal in that particular market myself, uh, I would assume they led the industry in having cameras.
1: Gary, what's the message you'd like people to take when they read Red Hotel?
2: Well... We need to be more vigilant today. Um, Just listen to the show. uh, Watch the news. Read the newspapers. We have to be... It's our responsibility to be much more vigilant for ourselves, for our families, for uh, people traveling with us. And again, that phrase, if you see something, say something. One of the things I learned from Ed as we were doing research for Red Hotel was it even comes down to the housekeeping staff. If they see... Uh, in the waste paper basket uh, an inordinate amount a number of uh, battery wrappers and old batteries mm-hmm. they need to say something. Why? Because batteries are used for bombs in triggering bombs, and somebody who 's left a lot of batteries there is maybe not covering his or her tracks that well, but it 's a signal it 's something to bring up to somebody, and as we learned even with nine eleven if if people know something and don't say it and don't communicate it, then there'll be a lapse, and there will be danger, and there'll be death, and there'll be destruction, and then an investigation after. Well, we know a lot more now, and we're in a more dangerous world, and Red Hotel, I think, is an eye-opening novel, but it's really, really a, a primer on, on how to travel And even using and Ed can talk about this using the State Department advisories if you're traveling, you know anywhere. Oh, that's right.
0: When you go overseas, it most people don't even think about what's going into the country. I just had two friends return from France, and they were just amazed at all the problems they ran into in Paris. And I said, you haven't read anything? You didn't know about that? Did you check the State Department? Did you even look at any of the information that was on the news to understand what was going on? No, we didn't think about that. It's amazing how many people travel without knowing. And in reality, the government provides that information through State Department and other resources. And that is what we used, quite frankly, through a number of government agencies to establish our security levels, because we maintained 24 hours, people just watching what was going on in the countries that we were serving with information. That kind of intelligence, as you heard Gary describe in earlier, was what set the levels of security for us and directed us because our responsibility as hoteliers was to ensure that our guests and our associates were safe. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight
1: at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.